The Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, finance, financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in potentially getting a line of credit for your business, which of course I would highly recommend, I've had one every year for 30 years, uh, please visit fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today, I'm excited to be speaking with Lisa Miller from Ladybugs. Lisa Miller is the founder and CEO at the award-winning web design and digital growth agency Ladybugs Interactive in Boston, Massachusetts. Miller and her talented team found an industry niche serving early growth biotech companies across the country. The agency also works with growing nonprofits, business-to-business companies, legacy brands, and independent schools. Recent accomplishments uh, accomplishments include being featured on the cover of Boston uh, Business Journal 2020 Annual Book of Lists, named uh, Top Women-Owned Marketing Agencies to Watch by Agency Vista, and in 2022, named Top Women-Owned Agencies by Cloudways.com. Lisa, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today. Happy to be here, share my story. Sure. You know, uh, it's it's interesting. So before we got on air, I, I kind of was talking to Lisa a little bit. And, you know, I I forget sometimes what it's like when I first started, you know, to build a, a, a company. And Lisa right now is in her uh, second or third year of uh, building her agency. And, uh, you know, the the uh, the digital marketing niche that Lisa is in, uh, it's amazing how how well companies who are in that space do. From my experience, they uh, so today's topic is going to be how I built my digital agency past seven figures. And let's just start off by uh, asking. Uh, let me ask you, Lisa, uh, what were you doing before you started your company? Um, so I've always been in agency life. So I started my career in an agency. I've worked a little bit in corporate as a UI UX designer, but, um, when I had my kids, I decided to go out on my own and that's where I came up with the name originally Ladybugs. Um, so Ladybugs served me as a freelancer as I raised my four children. Um, and then I did grow that agency and merged it with another agency. Um, so I put it on hiatus um, for five years while I worked with another B2B agency. So that's what I was doing previous to this. So I was like a minority partner there. And so um, during COVID, I decided to go back out on my own and really build something that was like my vision and what I wanted to do. Um, and I and just different things that I saw around the industry and the clients and niches that I felt like nobody was filling that we could fill. So that's kind of like what I was doing before and how I got to where I am now. And obviously COVID, um, you know, starting a business in COVID was not um, not my plan, but that's just kind of how the universe um, worked it out for me. <laughs> so uh, tell me about the, the company that you were with as a minority partner prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
why did you decide to leave that one? Um, I think I just wanted to do my own thing. Um, I think over time, you know, my role changed there a lot. So I don't know. I, I think I just wanted to do my own thing. Um, so maybe I'm not a team player. I don't know. But I just wanted to go back to doing something that was more focused on um, some of my values and what I wanted to do with my career and my life, like nothing really to do with them. It really had to do with me and where I wanted to go. Um, so I wanted to build my own path forward rather than following a path that was being built by somebody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. No, that's one of the key reasons why someone goes, do you know, if I, if I were to ask you why you think that people go out on their own and start their own business, what, what would you think the number one answer is? For me, autonomy, I think, mm -hmm. and using my skills how I want to use them, not how other people perceive how or how they think I should use them. Um, so kind of that infinite like mindset of like, you know, that you're not in a role, that your role is an infinite role that can change, can grow. And I think my whole company is built around that mindset of infinite growth. Um, just as an example, one of the web designers that I brought on, you know, he had only done, been doing design for a long time and now he leads our whole agile team for biotech. So I don't think that was ever his vision of where he wanted to go, but it just, it just became a natural progression of how our company is built and how it works. And I think the excitement around the clients that we work for is definitely part of the excitement in the company and why people work here and why they love it. Um, but there's lots of reasons for, for that around, you know, why I built Ladybugs the way I built it um, and what we do. So that part is like really exciting to see people change and evolve and grow and have this kind of infinite mindset about not just themselves and where they could be, but like where the company can go and where it can be. You know, we're also goal-based, like, oh, I want to get to here by here and I want to do this job by here. But like when you're doing that, you're kind of like limiting like where you can go by giving yourself like a finite idea. So that's like something we try to embrace in the company that like everything's changing, everything can change and embracing change, I think, is is a really, really, really hard mindset to apply to people in general because people just want to be done. Um, but, like, I guess, like, one of our <laughs> main philosophies here is we're never done. Everything can always be improved. Everything can be changed. And if you're not always doing that, you're not doing the best job for your clients, for yourself, for the business. So, um, I think that's probably a big struggle too, in many ways, because it's like you get done something. It's like, well, we're not really done. <laughs> we're we're going at it again. So um, yeah. using the agile method methodology has definitely been super um, fun, super challenging. Um, but you know, if it's not challenging, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, is the work that your agency doing? Is it SEO? Is it S Is it uh, pay for search? Is it both? Is it um, so specifically? Our agency is mostly built on the Agile web design experience. Um, so we do Agile web design, and then we also do basically digital marketing. Um, but, you know, our bread and butter is really mostly the websites. And we're even though many of us are digital marketing experts, that part of the business is definitely more. We're growing it more slowly, thoughtfully, iteratively, because we want to make sure that everything we do for those clients is top notch, iterative. And so 
with that kind of business, you really need to build a, a stronger team that's a full-time team. Whereas with the web design section, we can really build that because we have a lot of uh, freelancer help. Um, so we have a really great mix of full-time and freelance um, team members. And that's not because that's what we want as an agency. That's because that's what people in the industry want. So, you know, if you're a UI UX designer and you work, let's say for another agency, but you only work there half time, you can come in here and grab a couple projects here. Or if you have your own agency and you're not, um, you know, meeting your financial goals and you're not learning and you want to work with a team, you can come in here and work on like one project every couple months. Um, so that's kind of how we built the agency and we're able to tackle so many different verticals at once because we do have a number of experts that come in and help with these projects. So again, that's why that part has been able to grow so fast, but you can't really replicate that the same way on the digital marketing side. You do need like a longer term team. You do need to always be iterative and looking at things. So I'm happy that it's growing the way that it's growing. I kind of did it backwards. The, my first time I grew my agency, I was doing mostly digital marketing. Um, and that was definitely a harder um, way to grow the business. But people really like that side because it's retainer based, whereas the the web design side, we're always lead generating, lead generating, lead generating. So that gets exhausting to many companies. We love it. <laughs> I don't know. The lead generating part is has been pretty easy for us. Yeah. That, so tell me uh, two things that since you started, I, I think your agency now is two, two years old. Um. So not quite, but yeah, we're heading okay. up there. Yeah. So, Tell me during those two years, something that you think you guys did a really good job as a startup with. What, what we did like in general as a company or mm -hmm. for a startup. No. Um, so no. one of the, I think the most important thing we did that was really an acceleration to our growth was we put in practice basic marketing 101 <laughs> um, from our business degrees. Um, so we came up with the product, the placement, and the pricing. Um, so right away, we went after a certain client. We had that product priced at a certain um, price range, and we really defined that so that we were able to go out and really sell that. And honestly, we didn't really have to sell it because it was so well defined. We, we just noticed in the marketplace what was missing, where the gap was be between like a large agency and a smaller boutique agency, where some of the gaps were and what people were missing. And just by doing some of that researching and identifying those needs, that was really, a, you know, what really helped us take that, that product and really go to market with it and sell it. So um, that's, you know, we planned it. So we did the research, we chose the client. So I think having a plan for that was definitely an acceleration to our growth. Yeah, that's a good job because I, I think one of the biggest problems that I see in young businesses um, is they don't pick a niche, right? And I think that's really critical. If you, if you, if you, if you pick a niche, you tend to understand it better. Your marketing dollars go farther, and uh, you 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 learn because there's growing pains when you're going mm -hmm. through a, a business. I mean, it takes you, I would say, about five years before you kind of really uh, know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so I think that that was a smart move. And then I guess as you uh, as you did that niche, from what I read, you started adding other niches. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. 
Did, yeah. did you add? Did you add those other niches because they came to you, or because you just purposely said this might be a good area? So I mean, you're in Boston, so certainly you know the the uh, one of your areas, which is tech, not tech, but uh, biotech, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that mm-hmm. Boston's huge for biotech, mm-hmm. right? So that was kind of, kind of I guess, an obvious decision. Mm-hmm. Boston is huge for big biotech, um, startup biotech. Um, and so is, so are other areas of the country. So yeah, definitely. We had done a little bit work of work in biotech before my previous ladybugs. So I did have some experience there with that. Um, and I really don't know how we originally started attracting, um, biotechs. That's to me, like, I don't really know how that happened. Um, because even though we had the product, the pricing and all that set, we didn't really specifically say we were only going to target biotech. So we definitely had a couple of industries. We had biotech. So we defined the industries in advance. It was biotech, um, basically like independent and special education. So more like um, unique organizations around doing different things in education. Um, So you'll see that if you go on our website and look at some of our clients. And um, obviously, you know, nonprofit is something we really love to do. Um, and B2B. And so I think that for some reason, when we started doing the biotech, there was just such a huge need in the industry for an agency like ours with an agile process to really help um, them discover like who they are, what their science is, and how they were going to present that to the world. And I think that that's a hard thing for an agency to offer because you know, unless you're a bigger agency having the resources around that. Um, but I think we were just lucky where we had a bunch of biotech experts that we were able to bring on right away and offer those services. So now if like a biotech company comes in here and they want us to write the whole website, they want us to do the pitch deck, they want us to do their branding, we can pretty much do everything for them. But we can work really, really closely with them to define like where how they want to get started with that. Because most of the companies we're working with are in the early growth phase. They're not established. They're not already like multi-billion dollar companies. They're going to be probably, but they really need someone to come in and help them with that foundational growth that's going to really get them to the next level. So they might have done some of this work, but they really need experts to come in and really help them with that work. And so that's been super exciting because we get to work with the smartest people in the world, um, bioinformaticians, scientists, um, all kinds of crazy you know, smart people. And it's like, I get to be in a room with these people and I get to learn about how they're going to help more people and how they're going to um, make some new technology that's going to take pain away from people or prevent disease or improve life. Like, it's just so exciting. And I think the team in itself gets excited about that. And I think that clients feel that when they come in here. Um, you know, I've had people say they chose us just because they could tell we were so excited about them and that excitement and ambition around their science. You know, that's what they want other people to feel. So if we can feel that ourselves, we can bring that out to the marketplace. So that that has been definitely a huge part of how we've been able to continue to grow and and just as an example, like just in the last few weeks, we've signed on seven new biotech clients. So that just tells you there's like a real need for that. And 
Honestly, I think why haven't other people done it? Bigger companies do it, bigger agencies. So there are definitely larger agencies that do this um, in the same method we do it, but they're charging like two or three times what we're charging. And those earlier growth clients can't, they don't have those budgets yet. They might have that budget in a couple of years, but they don't have it now. Um, so they're really coming to us to look for those similar level of services to get them there, you know, and maybe someday they will leave us and they'll, you know, go get the $150,000 $150, website from a bigger agency. That's fine, but they need someone to bridge the gap in between there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how it, you know, I would say in 2021, we really blew that up a lot more than we ever kind of expected. Yeah. I, uh, you also said something to me too that caught my attention because I don't hear it very often. And anyone who listens to enough of me on my podcast know that I'm a big believer in marketing and lead generation. And uh, you know, there's no way that anyone's going to get to over ten million dollars in, in in revenue. And and, the, and and again, to be clear, I've said this before, but the reason why ten million dollars is so important is that at the $10 million mark is when other companies are going to be interested in potentially per purchasing mm -hmm. you. Okay. So that's, that's really, that's kind of, you can't get to the $10 million. Mark. Now, yes, does the, does the industry matter? Like $10 million for a web design or digital agency is actually quite big. Right. But, uh, you know, 10 for million. Biotech, it's nothing. Yeah. For biotech, it's nothing. <laughs> right. No, but biotech, that's a little bit different. You know, we're talking even, about. Even them. I mean, even the early growth ones are probably in the 40 to 50 million. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they are definitely limited in their marketing spend. That money is really, really allotted to the science and growing the science. And so sometimes using some of those monies to spend on marketing is hard for them. So when they can yeah. find somebody to provide the services at a little bit lower price point. But the other thing is the agile process really keeps you close to the visionary and what their total vision is for their company and their brand. And so when you get to the end of the process, they've been so tightly involved in it coming to fruition that it is it is theirs. It is what they imagined. Um, and so they never get far away enough from the process for that to veer in the wrong direction. So I know that might sound kind of weird, but it, it really isn't because it is their vision. It is their science. And I think the closer that you can stick to their vision through the whole process, the more successful the project's going to be. Um, and so that, that success rate is, I think, because of that, why they're so happy, why they are so pleased at the end of a project and have something to kind of go to market with. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, but, but going back to, uh, you know, the fact, I think that you find that lead generation or marketing has been easy for you guys, uh, or that you like doing, let's just say that you mm -hmm. like doing it. I think that's going to pay dividends in the long run, because most people who are in the digital marketing space, they're they're very creative, but they don't love the marketing end. Uh, for themselves. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Um, we invest a lot in our marketing um, because we think that people, even in B2B, they buy people, they buy experience, they buy the story, they buy the testimonials, they are buying a product, but they're buying an emotional attachment to all of it. And so if you can kind of like speak to your audience through your marketing, your leads are going to be higher qualified and you're going to be attracting the right people. And so that's something we've always 
highly, highly focused on is like, how do we speak to our audience? How do we speak to their pain points? Um, and, you know, we're still going through the exercise of, you know, better talking about ourselves, better talking about our process. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely something we really enjoy doing because we love what we do and we love what, talking about it. So yeah. it kind of makes marketing it easy. Yeah. So now, uh, tell me something that you've struggled with. The, the company has struggled with think something that, you know, you already are noticing, you know, we're not, this is kind of a weak area for us. Uh, and either it's going to have to be addressed or, uh, or, you know, we're going to have to really work on it, whatever. So tell me something that, that really you're, you're seeing that you're like, uh, you know, this is, and I'm talking about from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, something that is very different about this time around is that, when getting to the million dollar point was um, and managing the business at this point has been really easy. Um, it wasn't easy before when I got to this figure and above. It was always a lot of work, very stressful. So for some reason, this time it's much easier. So I don't really foresee a lot of operational issues until probably two million. Um, so I think the biggest challenge for us has been just telling our story enough to attract more team members. I think that's something everybody's struggling with right now, but we feel like because we have a different story and we are, have a more non-traditional makeup that we can pull from like a, a pull from a bigger pool of people because we can try to find people who want to work full time. We can try to find people who just want to work on certain types of projects. So um, but I think the biggest challenge in growth is going to be able to continue to find those people. Um, so one of the things we're working on right now is we just hired um, another leadership like C-level person to come in and help us really define our message, talk to our customers better, tell our story better. Um, but operationally, I think um, we really, from the beginning, we planned a lot of things we did. We kind of planned how we were going to run ops. We kind of planned how we were going to run like billing. And um, so we really, in the beginning, we really, really embraced the lean operations model because to be in the price range that we wanted to be in, we knew we had to change certain things. Um, so, and people say, oh, is it because you have contractors? Actually, contractors cost more because if you have an employee, the more business you get, you can grow your profit margin, but you can't really do that with contractors because they're a fixed price on every project. So in a way we're kind of limiting our profit margins there, but for us, that doesn't matter because we just want to do the best work. We want to have an ethical profit margin. Um, but so I think planning the ops from the get go was definitely something that really, really helped us get to a million like really fast. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know many companies that have an agency like this that get to a million in like a year and a half um, and start kicking out, you know, biotech sites, you know, weekly. Um, Just being in the industry myself, I know lots of companies that have gotten to 10 million, but it's taken them like seven, eight, nine, 10 years. so I do feel like we are on a really, we have a good business model. We, and even though no matter how many people like poo-pooed it in the beginning, um, I just knew from myself and being a woman and uh, knowing that so many people needed flexibility, but they still missed that camaraderie um, of having a team, especially freelancers. So the whole company was basically formed around that. And how can we make this a great company for people to do their best work, to do 
their best creative work, to not be in the 40 hour a week grind. Um, so a lot of that is built into the company right from the beginning. And so we use profit first. So we've been profitable from day one. Um, and lean ops, I mean, I just can't recommend that stuff any more than I can. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's it's so important. Yeah, what's funny is I rent to uh, Mike Michalowicz who wrote Profit First. So, you know, I know Mike well. Uh, but, really? Uh, That's super cool. Can you introduce me to him? And I Oh, you could just call him. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. Such yeah. a great uh, methodology. Yeah. So uh so the uh going forward, uh, you know, what do, what do you want to see? What's your vision for the company? Um, so the vision is always changing, <laughs> um, but overall is just to be able to really bring these experts in, let them shine their brightest light and give that brightest light like to our clients so that they're getting the best work that they um, they can get and giving them an amazing experience um, while they're working with us. Um, and the other thing is really we're all about um, being transparent. So in the past, you know, you'd have an agency and they'd be doing these things and they'd go off for the month and you don't know what they're doing and then you meet with them again. Um, so we wanted to kind of take that mystery out of everything we do, which is why we embraced Agile. And so our clients know a lot at the end of the process. And I think we empower our clients to really want to grow their presence and get them embraced in the process and embrace digital marketing. So I definitely think that that all that stuff is like super rewarding. And so that's the vision just to continue on and, and bring that to more people. And, you know, whether I get to 10 million or 2 million, it doesn't really matter. It's not about the money. It's about having a great time. It's about learning. It's about giving the gift of working somewhere amazing to my team and giving the gift of like what we do to amazing clients doing great things in the world. So that's pretty much my vision. <laughs> yep, I got you. So you, you, there's three things you've mentioned as methodologies, which I don't hear very often, uh, that people are mentioning methodologies, Right. The methodologies you, you've mentioned is agile, uh, lean, mm -hmm. and profit first. So for mm -hmm. our listeners, those are all three uh, methodologies. What do, what, do you, what do you think the value of having used or, or starting off with these methodologies does for a business? Um, so I think it sets you up for success. Um, I think that, um, you know, and a lot of people follow um, – uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the names, Wickman, Gino Wickman methodology. And so a lot of people will follow that methodology, the traction methodology. So I just think coming into your business with some kind of idea about how you want to run it. I think a lot of people build their businesses, like build it and they will come like, so I just know from experience, that's a slower way to build your business because this is my third agency. Um, and so attacking problems like when they happen versus pre-morteming, like what could go wrong and how we can avoid problems. So kind of like setting it up for success, I think, is the key to success rather than trying to figure out problems when they start. You want to avoid them before they happen. Um, so I think a lot of that was... Um, my reasoning for doing it and agile is a messy process so you know bigger companies use it on like big software projects and stuff like that but now you're seeing a lot people more people run it as a business model 
you know, in terms of how they run their business in an agile. It's not just on projects now, and you're starting to see it in agencies. But I think for us, using agile because our projects are smaller, like we're not out there doing like big corporate uh, websites. Um, we're really in here doing custom, really beautiful storytelling work. Um, it really works in our space. So it might not be for everybody, but it's for us. And because it's agile, it's always changing. It's always iterative. Um, and everybody has to have that open mind about it. But yeah, definitely having some kind of methodology to your success and what that looks like operationally is super important when you're when you're starting out and what feels good to who you are and the kind of culture that you want to bring. So um, agile really breathes that whole um creative growth collaboration and i think that's what the vision i wanted to put inside the company for my people yeah it's it's unusual that uh a lot of the uh digital agencies that i know of um their their culture is creative right and a lot of the creative agencies uh they may not like the structure of a methodology they uh but would you agree my my instinct would tell me that their weaknesses are the building of the business and and their strengths are the creatives the creatives that they put in the in their in the in you know let's face it out there 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 are often Three. Let's. I. I. You know. I haven't thought this through, but three different, maybe three different types of businesses. There are. There's the ones that are very creative. There's a creative agency. There's a creative component to it. Uh, could be making cupcakes. It could be uh, designing websites. I don't mean to say those are the two same things, but I think everyone gets my drift when I say creative. Then you have the the ones that are just pure execution right where the product is pretty simplistic it's like it's it is what it is and you just have to execute really really well mm -hmm. uh, pest control it is what it is right mm -hmm. I, I you know i don't know if that's the best example and you know maybe the third one is you know you're going for a big play biotech certainly is a big play and that's different that's you know angel funding or venture capital and that type of thing but it just seems like to me that creative uh, companies just would benefit so much by following the same methodologies that you just mentioned. Would you, would you say that's a fair assessment? Um, so I'm definitely not going to throw a label on how everybody should run their company. Mm -hmm. um, my thought on that is you obviously need some processes in place, and I'm kind of anti-process. So process is something that definitely I struggle with. Um but, you know, obviously there has to be some process to make things run. But I think that the processes that you use have to really speak to the people involved in the company and it has to work for the vision that they want. So having some form of methodology or structure I think is important, but what it is is not as important. What's important is that it's a methodology that works for you and the type of vision that you have for your business. So, um 
you know, and I, I'm probably more experienced than most people because I've been doing this for a long, long time. And I've learned like a lot. I've learned what I don't want to do, what I do want to do. I've learned where I don't want to work and where I do want to work. I've learned what clients I want to work for, what clients I don't want to work for. And so I think all of those questions that you ask yourself, like, are really important. Like if you start your agency and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to take anybody right now because I just need money. Like that's bad. And you can avoid a lot of problems by not doing that. Um, so you're better off focusing on like, let's win this perfect one client. Let's not think about money. Let's think about doing the best job, putting our best foot forward and trying to get that right client so that you can attract more clients like that versus I just need to make money. I just need to, you know, so, you know, it depends how people are going to grow their agency. I grew mine just from freelancing. Like I was freelancing and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I'm getting a lot of business. Like I want to, I guess I do want it. Cause I originally did not want to, you know, do an agency again. I wanted to do work, but I didn't necessarily want to grow an agency. So, um, so when I said I left, I wanted to do my own thing. That wasn't building another agency that was doing client work again. And, and I just really missed that so much. And when you're an owner, you're always being kicked out of the client work and, now I get to do the work that I love for me. So building the agency just happened because I was getting business and I'm like, I can still do what I love. I can still do marketing because I can do it for me. And that's yeah. dream come true for me. <laughs> a question I wanted to ask you is, uh, I would think with the variety of contractors, the mix of contractors and full-time employees you have, that one of the things that comes to my mind would be uh, the consistency of the similarity of the design of your company, of the websites you design. If you're working in a biotech industry, do, do website designs, do you need them to look similar from one biotech company to another? Or is or that is that's not really not necessary. In fact, that's a disadvantage. So that you can do a clean sheet design because if you're bringing in different contractors at different for different parts of different projects, then the, I would think that the consistency of design would change from one client to the next. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Does it not matter? Um, so basically the way that I would answer that is that we try to pick the right designer for every client. So we look at those, their portfolio, we look at experiences we've had with them and our subcontractors are very consistent. So we're using the same people a lot. We're not just grabbing like random people here and there. We bring yep. people in, we use them, we'll grow them. Um, so some people start like maybe a little more junior than other people and then they end up on the big projects. So, um, so I would say the designs are different, but they're different not because of the designers. They're different because they're different industries and different companies. And we pair them with the designers that we think are going to do the best job for them. And specifically on biotech, we have a biotech team. So they don't work on other projects. So we have three writers, we have two designers, um, and we have a couple different developers. So that process with biotech is always very similar, but the product is always very different. <laughs> um, and it's really fun because they tend to really want to be out of the box. Some don't want to be out of the box. So 
it could be the same designer and the projects could be totally different. It's all about their vision, not ours. It's we're just delivering what they're asking us to deliver. We're trying to get inside of their brain and be like, how are they visioning this? How do they want to tell their story? Um, so yeah, so the answer is, yeah, they're different, but it's not really because of our designers. It's because of the clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're different. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how you continue to grow over the next couple of years. And you're going to, uh, speaking from experience, I think you're, you're going to find that different levels require different business skills and I'm sure you'll adjust really well. So, you know, unfortunately that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank so very much Lisa Miller from Ladybugs. It's L-A-D-Y-B-U-G-Z.com for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast or any of the other ones that we've done in the past, please, please give us a review. It really helps us get the word out. You know, we're getting around 10,000 listeners right now. It's really a, a bit of a great podcast. Um, I enjoy doing it. We're in our we're going into our fifth year. Uh, and if you like, uh, and also, and if you are looking for a line of credit for your business, uh, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or v- visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Lisa, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I'm Lisa with a Y, so I'm pretty easy to find. So just connect with me there. That's always the best way to, uh, get in touch with me. Great. I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. I appreciate the invite so much. It was a great conversation. So I, I think that just for the takeaway uh, for today, I the, the thing that I heard from Lisa that I don't usually hear from a new startup, and I know Lisa's got experience, is uh, you can't just build a business loosey-goosey. That's, that's, it's a crazy wor- word, but you, you, you I, I think it's important that you do use a methodology for building your business. And most people think of a uh, methodology as uh, 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 making it rigid. And I actually see the opposite. I see a methodology that gives you a the ability to be creative. And, um, and so it's something that, like, did I use those methodologies that uh, Lisa was talking about? I did not. But what's interesting is every time I build a new company, it's like, I know exactly, and I have a business partner, we know exactly what is going to be needed for a successful business. You know, you got to have accounting software. You got to have CRMs uh, a software. You got to have this. You got to have that. It's like, we know it's, it's the methodology that we used for building a business. You do it seven times. Actually, you've done it seven. I say six, but you do it seven <laughs> times, you... You know how to build a company, all right? So, uh, so I think that that was my takeaway from Lisa today, and uh, you know, hopefully, you guys get the same thing out of that as well. So, other than that, I just want to wish everybody the best. I uh, also will tell you that you this is a marathon, not a sprint. Make sure you're taking good care of yourself. Your energy is really important, and you need to take really good care of yourself before you can take care of your business. Everybody, have a great day. 